Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Where is my home team this morning? Can I tell you in the sports world, anybody like sports in here? If y'all don't, I don't care because I like them all. I'm, I don't know about soccer yet. I haven't figured that one out yet. But, but on home teams usually win 68% of the time. And it's been proven fact that athletes perform better at home than on the road. So this morning, this is going to be kind of a challenging word to you. So I'm going to ask you as my home team to help me preach this message this morning. If you want to talk back, if you want to throw a shoe, if you... Y'all don't even know that tradition anyway. But if you want to get involved this morning... Be a home team this morning. Be, be my hometown, home team preaching t uh, message this morning. In the past, listen, even people who weren't Christians, they still showed some respect to us, right? Even if they didn't believe the way we belong, even if they didn't believe at all, they still showed us a lot of respect. We had the home field advantage. We had little or no opposition. Listen to me. We prayed the way we wanted to pray. We read the Bible. It would all the time if we wanted to. We went to church and we were able to speak out. Listen, I'm talking about the culture that we live in today. We were able to speak out. We could discipline our kids the way we wanted to be. Come on, when, when, they went to the, when they went to the school, it wasn't the kid's fault. It was, no, no, it was the kid's fault. It wasn't the teacher's fault. We could do a lot of things, and there's just a lot of shift that's happened. But over time, what's happened is we've become more like the visiting team. We've become more like the away team. And you know what happens to the away team? They get booed. Uh, they get made fun of. They get made, they're, they're very uncomfortable because they're out of their own element. Why? Because they're not at home. It's like that because it's, it's because we're the church and Christians are kind of being desensitized by culture. Entertainment, media, our surroundings, they dictate where we go. Listen to me. They, they dictate what we can and cannot say because if you get in trouble now, oh, you can get censored. You can get, you can get knocked off of social media by saying the wrong thing. It could be the right thing, but it's not the right, right thing for them to hear. They dictate what we say and what we do. And listen, we, clean, we claim, claim Team Jesus but often we switch jerseys when it becomes a little difficult. Come on, we're all team Jesus when everything is going good, but when, let, some, let something happen and we want to switch our jersey out and be on the other team. We've progressively lost our home field advantage. So let me ask you a question. How do we reclaim that? It, answers when we, it starts when we answer this question. Title, are we standing out in our faith? Can I ask you this morning, I know this is going to be a challenging word. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some challenging things because, can I be honest with you, we're living in some challenging times right now. I think we can kind of sugarcoat it or we can talk about things that, oh, well, 
I really believe that we've got to get prepared for what's about to happen in the world. And I've been hearing that my whole life. But listen, things are happening. Things are shifting in the atmosphere around us. And we have to know where we stand. We hear this. We, stand, we hear these things all the time. Stand up for your rights. But how about we stand up for what is right? Sometimes it's not just what we want. It's what is good for everyone else. Listen, there's a song, country song that says you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. We're getting to the point where right now as Christians, as people, we do not know where we stand in the, in the culture we live in today. T standing out in your faith means testing. Look what James 1.3 says. Knowing that your testing of your faith produces patience. How many need some more patience in here? I'm married. I need a lot of patience in here. I have the greatest wife in the world. She's awesome. But listen, how many people like t taking tests? Remember when you were in school, did you like taking a test? I'm a fairly smart person, but I don't like, I, did, I did, never did good at testing. I never did good at taking tests at all. But so many times we live in a culture that's very different than what is. Culture says nobody loses anymore. You go play sports and it's a participation trophy. And I've said this before. I mean, you know, I went to my son's ball game and they weren't even keeping score. I was like, wait a minute, we're up by 20. Can somebody flip that thing and let me see? the? But we live in where I have one, one athlete, a professional athlete that made his son go give his second place trophy. No, he made him give his participation trophy back to them. He said, son, you're, we're here to win and we're here to lose. Because in life, there's winners and losers, not just participators. But listen, a lot of times testing is graded on the curve. Do y'all remember the curve? I was the one that always was saying, thank you, Jesus, for the curve. Because my 65 totally turned into a 77, you know? But listen, we're tested daily to see where we're going to stand. And can I just be honest with you? Sometimes you're going to fail. A lot of our biggest failures didn't just happen. Come on, you didn't just wake up and fail at something. It's been a little bit of progression here, a little bit here. It started small. And before too long, you're failing in a lot of places that started in very small areas. Testing doesn't always mean failing, though. Listen, tests are sometimes necessary to demonstrate our moral fitness to do the assignment that he has for us. Sometimes he's got to put you through something to see if you're going to be able to go out on the other side and be better at it. Listen, can I tell you something? I believe the world that we live in today, a bigger test is coming to our Christian faith. C's and D's, man, I love C's in school, but I think C's and D's are not gonna cut it in what we're getting ready to work, you're ready to go through right now in the next, probably next few months. Here, the testing may be pass or fail. It may be win or lose. And it may determine whether you're fitting in to culture or whether you're standing out in your faith. Because listen, point number one is standing out happens when we change what we worship. Daniel 3.1. And they, they said this morning, putting the verses in, you're reading the whole Bible today. Well, I can't tell you without reading it. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 90 feet tall, okay? 13-foot ceiling, do the math. You see how tall that thing is? It's nine feet wide. It was this big. 
And he put it up there. Then he sent the messengers to the high officers, officials, and governors. He's telling everyone to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. He set up a 90-foot tall idol in the middle of somewhere. And he said, I want everyone to come and I want you to worship this idol. So many times we think, can I tell you that you may be or are an idol worshiper? You may be going, I don't worship no idol. I don't have a statue up. I don't bow down to that thing. But listen, anything that you put before God is an idol. Bible says you shall have no other gods before me. He, our God is a jealous God. But what can be some idols or gods in your life? Can a relationship that you're in right now be an idol in your life? Come on, can you be putting more focus on that person, that right person, or that wrong person that you're putting the focus on to? Could it be on ourselves, on our image? You know, filters make you look so good. You really don't look that good. Thank you, honey, for making me look decent in those pictures the other day. You took about 10 pounds off of me. I feel so much better. But what else could be an idol in your life? Could your phone be an idol? I've been noticing my screen time is going down. And I had watched, and every Sunday it tells me your screen time was this. And it was up. This week it went down because I'm trying not to let my phone become an idol in my life. Because so many times, man, okay, you got the ringer on and you're still tapping it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's sitting over in the seat next to you. The ringer's on. You can hear it every minute or two you're kind of tapping your phone to see if it's going off. It's on. The ringer's on. But it's become an idol in your life because it can't be too far away from you. We've let our jobs and our ambitions become our idols. We let entertainment become an idol. TikTok famous people. I don't care if Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Hey, let them alone. Let them date. Now they got her. Oh, Lord Jesus, come on. Do you really want to keep up with the Kardashians? Please, Lord, help us all. But so many times we allow all of these things to become idols in our lives. So many things that, that, that we don't even think about. I'm not saying that everything is bad. I'm not up here trying to be, beat, you over, beat you over the head. But what I'm saying is distractions can steal your potential. And the enemy doesn't have to work very hard to get that happening, right? It's easy to distract us. Oh, squirrel, even if you don't have ADD, you're looking all over the place, right? He doesn't have to work hard because you know what? Time is very valuable. So many times we think about our day and, and what do we worship during that day? And we start thinking, man, our prayer time is only like six minutes a morning, right? We listen to one worship song or we give God our 12 minutes a day. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. And then we wonder why our lives are in the place where because we're worshiping something that we shouldn't be worshiping. Standing out happens when we, number two, stop bowing to culture. So the king commanded all the leaders. He told all the governors. He told everybody to come from far wide. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come for the dedication of this idol, and you're going to worship it. Look at verse 4. Then a herald shouted out, says, People of all nations, races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flutes, all of those things, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Listen verse 6. Anyone who refuses to obey 
Anyone who refuses to bow will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. So out of the sound of the musical instruments, all, say all, all, all the people bowed. Whatever their race, nation, and language bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue the king had set up. It says all of the people bowed. Can I just tell you this month? We, we live in a culture where we say everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. Matthew 7, 13 says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many people. Yes, there's a lot of people going down that road. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. There are few who find it. Listen what we can do. We can blend and we can bend to culture, but we can't bow to it. We've said this all the time. The methods can change. The methods never change. Jesus is the main message. Repentance is the main message. The blood and salvation, the cross are the messages. But we can do things to reach a generation out there. Listen, social media can be a great tool. We have people that are coming here because they've, they've seen our YouTube. They've, seen, they've followed us on social media. It can be a great tool out there. We can use those things out there. But we never have to forget where we stand on. Once you bow, it leads to compromise. And compromise means we accept the standards that are lower than what's desirable. And what compromise does, it leads to control. It starts to control your thoughts. It starts to control uh, uh, your feelings and your emotions. And ultimately, it starts to affect your actions. Good news is this. You don't have to be in the all-in crowd. You don't have to be in that crowd. There's a story about Elijah, one of the greatest prophets ever. And he was hiding in a cave. And he said, and God came up to him and says, why are you hiding in this cave? He says, because everybody, everybody's turned their back on you, God. He said, what he told Elijah, he said, let me remind you of something. There are 7,000 who have not bowed a knee to Baal or to the idol. Listen, get up out of this cave. You got some work to do. Not everyone is doing it. And are you in the not everyone crowd? God has preserved a group. He's preserved a remnant. And I'm going to ask you this morning. Listen, our crowd's a little bit small. So I'm talking to my home team this morning. He's going to ask you, is that you? Is that the, are you going to be the one to stand up or fit in to culture? Remember, not everyone will like you when you stand. Listen to verse 12. Here's the jealous. Here's the tattletales. Then there are certain Jews whom you have set. They're coming to the king and says, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm there, Abednego. <laughs> That's another story. That was good. These men, O king, have not paid their due regards to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden idol which you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's looking at him. Is this true? that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up. So he says to him, he says in verse 15, now if you're ready, King's saying this to them, if you're ready at the time you hear all these musical, musical instruments, you'll fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who, listen, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He says, okay, one more time. Let's get this right. You didn't get it right the first time. 
You, you know, when the music started playing, you're supposed to be bowing, so you didn't do it. So I'm gonna give you one more time. If you're ready, we're gonna do this again. The devil's tactics says, is this true? He tries to use manipulation on you. Is it true? Is it really true? He makes you feel guilty. And girls, we've heard this from guys before. When we did Refuge, we used to talk about, if you really loved me, it hasn't changed as we've got a little bit older, has it? He uses condemnation. He says, God will not give you one more chance. He's done with you after this one. He uses intimidation to try to scare you. He uses lies, and his plan has not changed. It's been basically the same since the beginning. Doubt. I need some water. Did God really say, who can save you? Who is this God? Standing up happens when, number three, we make up our minds. I should have brought it up here. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you on this matter. Basically what they're saying, we don't need time. We don't need one more time. We don't need any more time to think about it. We have made up our minds. What could we do, not just as Christians, not just as, as, as children of God, what could we do in our own lives if we just made up our minds to accomplish the thing that he set before us? And what happens is we can talk ourselves out of it. Come on, have you talked yourself out of something good in your life? You've talked about it and talked about it. You know you should be doing it before too long. It becomes so, well, I can't really do that. That's why you need the right people around you. Look at verse 17. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will, they didn't say he might, he will rescue us from the power, your majesty. You gotta get some we people around you. Unity and strength. We are better together. Can I just tell you, there's so many crews that are going on and CR is going on. We're so much better together than alone. So many times we can't get the healing we want to because we're, we're trying to find it on our own. Sometimes you gotta get that person that's gonna push you in the right direction to make you go, make you believe that you can do something that you think you can't do. They push you, they encourage you. You gotta get some real friends. Come on, there's some people out here, you calling your friends, they ain't your friends. You're gonna find, I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute. Standing up happens, number four. is basically, it's easy. When you take a stand. I love this, verse 18. But even if, say even if. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, king, even if, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Let me make it clear to you, king, we're not ashamed. And I'm asking you, is that you today? Do the people know where you stand? Does your family know where you stand? If you're talking about going to church all the time, does your family and friends know where you stand? Does the church know where you stand? Because let me tell you what, they're watching the moves that you're making when you say you are a follower of Christ. Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. Is that who you really are? Actions speak louder than words. I love it, even if. What a gift to have an even if faith. 
Even if I'm afraid, listen, somebody, we can say, I will, though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even if insecurity and anxiety, come on, somebody, come over top of us, we can still trust in God. Even if we're out of control and our life is going 100 different miles in three different directions, we can know that God is the God that's in control. Even if we feel disappointed, we can trust God. Even if you feel betrayed, we know that there is a man, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Even if you've made a mistake, listen, somebody, there is the one there that's able to correct you and love you all at the same time. Let's get some even if faith. We're going to need it in the future. You know why? Because the fire is getting hotter. So the king's mad. Right? They're not going to bow. And I was like, hey, listen, dude, you can do it all you want. You can play all day if you want to. You can be louder than life for 16, four more hours. I'm still not going to bow. <laughs> He's furious. Verse 19, he says, he was so furious with them that his face became distorted. You ever make your wife so mad she just gives you that? <sighs> Never. Yes. <laughs> She's like, yes. It became distorted with anger. He commanded that the furnace, listen, be heated seven times hotter than usual. Come on, just a regular fire wasn't going to work. He was going to fry these dudes. We are going to face trials. First Peter says this, dear friends, don't be surprised. Come on. At the fiery trials, what you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. The devil is always going to turn up the heat when you stand. And can I tell you something? You might be feeling some heat today and thinking, man, why am I going through? You may be going through this and feeling the heat because you're doing the right thing. So many times we think, man, I must be, this must be bad or this must, no, no, no. It could be something you're doing right that the devil is, he's mad. He's trying to throw it at you every time he can. The trial you're facing has no power over you unless you give it the power over you. You have to choose how you're going to respond to your trial. You can shrink back. You can lay down. You can give up. Or you can stare that trial face right in the eye and say, if God is for me, who can be against me? I know that he will never leave or forsake me. Greater is he that is in me than who's in the world. Sometimes you've got to quote the Bible back to the enemy. Standing up for what happens when, number five, we don't fear the fire. The king commanded mighty men to bind them up, and he said, put ropes on them and get them, throw them in their clothes and all. I don't even care what happened. Just get them in the fire. In verse 22, and because the king's anger, he demanded such a hot fire in the furnace. This is a good part. The flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Can I tell you something? Some people can't go where you're going. Some people can't go where you're going. You're on a trajectory going this way. And God, you wonder why you've lost people along the way. You wonder why your friends ain't your friends anymore. You wonder why there are certain people in your family that you're not connected to because they can't go to the place where you need to go in God. And God's going to put the fire behind them. So they won't be able to follow you into and be negative and haters and, and jealous people. 
You may wonder why they're not there anymore. Just listen, God is separating you for a reason. God is pulling you out of certain situations that you've been, come on, I'm talking to somebody. He's pulling you out of a relationship right now that they couldn't go where you needed to go. Come on, that was for somebody. I just heard that this morning. So Daniel said this in verse three. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied up, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. And I love verse 25. I had to use a new King James. He said, look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. He showed a pagan king what God looked like in that flames. He says they were up loosed and walking around. Things that once bound them were burned off. These ropes that we were into were physical ropes. Sometimes we can't physically see what's binding us. We often talked about the big ones, you know, fear and, and depression and anxiety. But what about this one? What about acceptance? What about perfection? Perfection is not my biggest one that I worry about. I just ask my wife about the way that I clean the house. But think about it. How about comparison? Comparison is killing our kids. Oh, that could be a whole other. It's killing our kids. How about control? Do you have to control the whole situation, every, every bit of it all around you? Some of these things are binding you and you don't even know it. How about impatience? The Lord, I'm really good. I'm not, I don't have road rage. And he's, he's gotten a lot better with Pastor Mindy. She's been delivered almost. Almost. I don't hear about the Gene Snyder near as much anymore. That's great. But listen, sometimes fire is necessary because fire burns off things. Do you know what fire does? It refines. It takes all of the impurities out, all of the unwanted elements. It cleanses us. The king gets up there to the furnace and he shouts, says, hey, come on, come on out here. And Daniel 27 says this. All the dudes. And they saw that the men of those bodies had, the fire had no power. The hair of their heads were not singed, nor were their garments. Their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Come on. There was no burning. There was no smell. There was no harm. Listen, we don't always have to come out of trials broken. We don't always have to come out of trials scarred. We don't always have to have something to show that we've been in the fire. Sometimes God has the ability to take you through something and you not look like that something. Come on, so many times we want to show our scars and, and God gives you those, there's some things that have gone on in your life that you need, but there's so many things that times that God can bring you through something and you didn't even know you went through it. There's some trials that you've been through in your life that God has protected you from. He's brought you through it and you didn't even realize that you had gone through that. He will keep you from it or he'll be with you through it.
God is right there in the fire with you, no matter what you're going through. No matter what trial, no matter what circumstance or situations you're going through, God is right there in the middle of it with you. But your decision to stand and to be a leader as my home team, as our home team is, is bigger, 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 bigger than you think. You will influence more people by doing the right thing than doing the wrong thing. Come on. You can influence more people by doing and standing up for what's right than just joining into the crowd. The, the, the Bible says the crowd's going on this broad road. They're going to hell and they don't even know it. If you want to change culture, here's what we got to do. We can't bow to it. We have to tear down the idols in our own lives. We got to take a stand. We got to allow that fire to burn inside of us. And I'm not talking about just the revival fire. We need the fire of God. I'm talking about that fire that burns that crap off of us. It burns that stuff that we need to get out of us. All those things I just mentioned. All of those things the fire needs to cleanse. There's an opportunity on the other side of the trial if you'll stand. If you want to change your personal environment, stand. If you want to change your personal circumstances, stand up for your faith. If you want to change the influence you have of people around you, stand up for what is right. And just know this, keep this in mind, change can happen. You might be saying, I, I've been trying this for a long time, change can't happen. Look here at verse 29. This is the king. He said, therefore I make a decree that any people, nation or language, which speaks anything amiss this God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they shall be cut to pieces, and our houses shall be made an ash heap. <laughs> look, listen, this is a pagan, a pagan king. Because there is no other God that can deliver. That can deliver like this. I've seen it. I watched the walk through the fire. Three of them went in, and four was run. They came out smelling like nothing. No other God could do that. And then what happens? They get promoted. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Can I just tell you that right actions equal positive results? You may be having a hard time standing this morning. Maybe you're not seeing the change and maybe you're not seeing the positive, positive results. Maybe you're not seeing the opportunities that you want to see. You may be going through some scary times. You may be going through some hard times. Maybe there's some uncertainties in your life. I just want to let you know as you're ready to sing this song, there's another in the fire. He's in there with you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's standing right next to me. There's another in the water who's holding back the seas. They walked through the Red Sea and he was standing there with his arms like, on dry ground. That's how God wants you to be. If y'all would stand with me. This morning, taking a stand starts with knowing where do, where do you stand? So many times we want to do this and do that. And God said, 
can you start it like square one? How about we start at the A, B, C's? Let's start it back from the beginning. This morning, I'm gonna ask you, do you know Jesus? Are you on team Jesus? And if you don't know him, have you acknowledged him as your savior? Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, I've not done the right things. Matter of fact, I've done a lot of the wrong things. I'm asking you this morning to forgive me, to cleanse me of my sins and come into my heart. Make me new. And also, Jesus, I receive that forgiveness right now because I, I, I can't forgive myself. This morning, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, there will be people on the right and the left. Our prayer team will be up there. They can pray with you and agree with you. If you want to fill out the yellow welcome home card and take it to the welcome home center and we want to help you get to your next steps but the first step is giving your life over to Jesus then I'm asking you the next question is will you stand maybe you're a Christian you've been a Christian your whole life or just for a period of time will you stand when life brings adversity when the culture we live in is not lining up to what God says, will you stand? I'm going to ask you this morning to repent. Say, God, forgive me for bowing. I've bowed to this culture. I've bowed to the things around me. I've bowed to all of the wrong idols in my life. Will you forgive me? Forgive me when I should be standing. Help me to tear down every idol in my own life. And when I tear those idols down, help me to put you on the throne where you deserve. God, will you get the fire and let it refine me and let it burn off all of the negativity, everything that's bad in my life, will you let it burn off in Jesus' name? Father, right now I pray for those as we get ready to sing this song that you will help us all to take a stand in you. God, that we don't look at the circumstances around us. We don't look at the situations around us. We don't, we don't believe everything the news says. We know because you're in control. Father, we come to you, and we just ask you right now to give us that strength, give us that power to stand when it gets hard. God, help us to know that you are walking in front of us, beside us, behind us, all around us, God. Help us to know that. Father, we come to you, and we thank you that you're with us in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.